This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Just because Adam's gone doesn't mean we don't talk to Luke DeCock on Fridays. Now, Luke DeCock of the News and Observer joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. I talked to you last night during the Carolina Hurricanes game. We'll get into some transfer portal stuff in here in just a little bit, but... Something that you pointed out to me during the second intermission that was kind of concerning for you in terms of the Canes' power play. What was it about the power play and them just being stagnant that that concerned you yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I, one the, the the mere fact that the, the their third power play, especially, they ended up just passing it around the perimeter, mm-hmm. and for the most part, among four guys, they basically turned it into a four on four on one side of the ice, and that's concerning. Not just they needed. Uh, but because that's what they've done in years past, especially in the playoffs, when their power play is misfired. Um, they get stagnant. They get perimeter-oriented. They pass it around. Nobody's moving. Nobody's cutting. Um, and so inserting to see that in game against a, uh, a potential, if not likely, playoff opponent. So, um, you know, I think there's still a, in the end of March. Obviously, Andrei Svechnikov's absence changes things a little bit, but... You know, this is the time of year where you should be honing in and getting things dialed in, especially with with Gosta's beer here for for a few weeks now. And, and instead, it feels like they're uh, sort of indulging in some old bad habit. So I think that's got to get fixed. There's no question about that. Um, but, it, it, you know, for me, that the, the disconcerting part of it was uh, just sort of not there was so much deja vu about that Rangers game last night, out chancing them going over three on the power play, somehow finding a way to lose that game. It felt like the playoffs last year in so many ways, and, and the power play and the way it looked certainly fit into that. Yeah, I think that's what has a lot of people concerned. And honestly, if, if I'm a fan, I'd be concerned too in terms of the way the game played last night. It looked like that series against the Rangers last year. Should I be worried? If I'm a Canes fan, should I be worried? I mean, I think a little bit, and I think this is why it's so important that they win the Metropolitan Division because I, I think you'd rather – you know, take your chances with whoever wins the wild card. Let the Devils and Rangers beat each other up. Mm-hmm. I think, given their history against the Rangers, hope that the Devils beat the Rangers. I think the Hurricanes would feel much more comfortable uh, playing the Devils in the playoffs. But, you know, I, uh, you're, you're putting the cart before the horse a little bit there. But that's kind of why I wrote what I wrote, which is they clinched a playoff spot last night, which is great. Five years into it now, it's not yeah. that big a deal. It's expected in a lot of ways. Um, and there was absolutely no celebration but by the same token, there's still a lot to play for. I think winning the division and avoiding the Rangers in the first round um, is, is, is huge. And not necessarily because the Hurricanes are scared of the Rangers necessarily, but I think we can say at this point uh, it's not a great matchup for them. And if you can push that off to the second round uh, and, and, and potentially have some momentum going into that series or have the Devils beat them entirely, you know, I, I think that's fine. Like, I, I, I think the Hurricanes probably, if, if they're, they're honest about it, We'll look at the way the East shakes out and say, hey, you know, if we can get to Boston, we beat them last year, even though they're a better team, we feel pretty good about that matchup. We'll take our chances. Uh, I think the one team in the East that really stands out as a team the Hurricanes don't want to play is the Rangers. You've got a chance to push that series back around, you know, take advantage of it. Uh, so, so, Luke, you mentioned, you know, obviously wanting to win the, the Metro, and I think so much of that and so much of where these canes will be come you know mid-April is going to really shake out over this four-game homestand with facing all this tough competition. W- what do you want to see uh, by the time you know the end of next week rolls around and the canes are back on the road? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that it does just because, I mean, to me, the biggest game of the homestand was was last night, um, you know, and, and a chance to, to prove something against the Rangers coming out 48 hours after the comeback at the Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the chances that the Hurricanes play the Leafs, I think, are pretty small. Um, so I'm not particularly concerned about the playoff implications of that matchup. Look, with the 10-11 the games left, whatever it is, they're, they're all going to matter the same in terms of sort of staying ahead of the Devils. So, you know, I mean, I think it's important that they get points at home, but I don't know that necessarily that this homestand against really difficult competition is necessarily that much more important than it will be to go and win on the road. It doesn't be any good to win these home games and then go give it away on the road. So, um, you know, I, I, I think of these home games, last night was the big one. Um, and, and look, the other part of it is they, they played well. I mean, they should have been up two or three nothing after the first period, and they killed yeah. off a five on three in the first period, 109 seconds of two man advantage. So, you know, that's a game that you come out of that first period. Not only do you expect to be up, you expect to, to win. Um, and so there's a, sort of an additional layer of frustration with that. But I, you know, this I feel it feels to me like, especially with the way the Devils are playing, this is going to come down to the last game. So it really every one of these games is going to matter. There's there's no space to let up here. Um, if, if you want to, to win the division. Lou Ducat, News and Observer, joining us here on the Adam Gold Show alongside Luis Fernandez. I'm Dennis Cox. I'm going to transition here to college basketball. We saw the news this morning. R.J. Davis, UNC guard, tweeted out, hey, coming back. So he's coming back to UNC for his fourth season. Still has a couple years of eligibility left. Just looking as a whole in terms of what we've seen, not only just at UNC, but even with NC State uh, and just nationally, guys that are entering the transfer portal, but also we're seeing guys stick around. Is UNC, a school like UNC, they're they're trying to do it the pure and quote-unquote pure and right way in terms of how they're handling NIL, especially when it comes to transfers and freshmen, people that they're incoming into the program. Are they going to get left behind or going to be kind of trailing some of these other schools that don't, if they don't play the NIL game, if that makes sense? Because if they're not going to use some money to maybe I know we can't use recruiting entice in, in, to entice recruits with with money, but let's be real, it happens. Does a school like UNC who doesn't want to play the NIL game potentially get left behind? Does that make well, sense? I, no, no, and, and I think Armando Baycott's a great example. He's mm-hmm. going to make more money playing at UNC, regardless of whether there's a school supported or affiliated bag of NIL money. He's going to make more money playing at UNC than he would playing in the you know, Maltese league or wherever he would end up next year and did this year. So, you know, there's opportunities in the community. Um, you know, RJ Davis was, was doing radio commercials and, and leaky black did a plumbing commercial. There yeah. are opp- opportunities that are unrelated to the school necessarily, um, that come with playing for a big time program. The other part of that is it hasn't affected their recruiting. When you look at not necessarily this class, but the class after it, you know, Hubert Davis is bringing in one of the best, classes in the country so um and and they've had success in the transfer portal whether it's brady manic or 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 pete nance didn't really work out but he was a player a lot of teams wanted and hubert davis said you know he was he was glad he wasn't in the nba which seems a little odd to say now having seen pete nance play for a season but still um was a, a transfer a lot of people wanted so no i i don't think so at all i mean i think if you're north carolina or duke that probably matters less than it does at at nc state because okay. you've got that sort of national rep uh, when you look at what Carolina's needs are in the transfer portal, right, you've got uh, spacing being the big one. I think you go get a true point guard who can let RJ kind of do his thing more off the ball. 
Um, is, it, is it fair to say that whoever they bring in the transfer portal will ultimately decide what this next season looks like for Carolina? Uh, I mean, to a certain extent. I mean, I think when you bring back Baycott and Davis, you've got a pretty good foundation regardless. Um, but they need wings. They need shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, need, they need guys, you know, if, if you go back to sort of, you know, and, and Hubert's done this differently, but, you know, when you go back to sort of Roy Williams' best teams, they had two bigs and they had two wings who could shoot and they had a point guard. Uh, you know, it looks, you know, if you go back to last year, Hubert's best team sort of had a big and a stretch four and two wings and point guard. So, you know, Leaky Black was never a shooting wing, obviously, but he was such a good defender that you didn't care. But I think they need to get back to a sort of Hubert Davis version of that where they have Baycott in the middle. Um, they have a, a, a sort of a two, three, four who are perimeter players and they have a point guard. I, I'm not as worried about the point necessarily. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm sort of fine if R.J. Davis ends up there again. Um, if Seth Trimble is here, you know, he can be an option there as well. Um, you just never know what's going to happen in the portal. Uh, but they need wings to me. They need shooters. They need guys who can shoot the three. And, and you need more than one. And in today's game, especially to make Armando Baycott as useful as he can be, you know, you're going to want to put four guys on the perimeter around him. Right now, they've got one, maybe two of those, maybe three of those guys, but they've got holes to fill. And to me, I wouldn't, you know, I like what I saw very briefly from Jalen Washington. If he's still here, I think he's a good backup at the five. Uh, You know, you've got Trimble. DeMarco Dunn is still here at the moment. You've got some guys who can slot into some of those roles, but you got to go get shooters. You just have to go. That's that's what it's the game. They need shooters. If I'm NC State, I'm going right after Dontre Styles. Oh, 100%. No, no question. And, and look. We've never had that transfer happen, but it makes a lot of sense. They yeah. recruited him hard out of Kinston. There's a relationship there. He'd slot right into their lineup. You get a chance to play with, with potentially with DJ Burns. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to like, um, a, a lot about that to, that makes sense for both sides. And, uh, and, and you know, it, it would be certainly interesting to see a kid transfer from Carolina to state, but it's going to happen eventually. I mean, there's a women's lacrosse player who who's went to Carolina and is a grad transfer at Duke. So yep. this stuff is going to happen in basketball eventually. I, I, I called that game when they were at East Carolina a couple days ago. So, yes, I, I saw her play. So, it, it is happening. Uh, speaking of NC State, you mentioned DJ Burns. I think it's a, a mistake if he goes and try and play somewhere else. I think DJ Burns needs to stick it out his final season at, at NC State. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'd like to see him back because I think he's entertaining and I think he's fun to watch. And he's a good player. You know, he's, he's a unicorn. I mean, there's, there's not many guys who post up at a three-point three point line and back in all the way. But I also don't begrudge DJ Burns for doing what's best for him. And if sure. he looks at NC State minus Terquavian Smith and minus Jarkel Joyner and says the grass is greener somewhere else, that's part of college basketball in 2023. Guys are going to do what's best for them. That said, you know, it'd be great for college basketball in the area if DJ Burns were back. And, and the relationship that he built with the fan base, you know, certainly suggests that there's, there's, there'd be something in it for him. I think what's so hard right now is trying to see State gain this momentum uh, now that they went back to the tournament for the first time in a few years. But but at the same time, they're they're losing so many guys. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to take that next step and say make a uh, run at a second week in the NCAA tournament next year. And that's that's tough just based on where they are as a program and what's going on around them. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? 
about 90%, give the money, and then we meet every year and, and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, making sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, but, you know, you got to remember a couple of things. One, the, the staff changes they made over the summer. Uh, had a huge effect both in recruiting and player development. It's a better staff than it was two years ago. And playing in the NCAA tournament is a huge deal from a recruiting perspective when you haven't done it since 2018. And I was there in Denver talking to Kevin Keats before their open practice. He's on his phone FaceTiming recruits. That's an opportunity that he hasn't had for five years. It makes a difference. you got to strike while the iron is hot. Now, They've got some rebuilding to do. There's no question. And, 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 you know, obviously they could lose a couple more guys because it's the transfer portal error and everybody <laughs> could. But there's that momentum can be converted into impact transfers and it can be converted into recruiting. And, and as much as their backcourt will be decimated by departures, if you look at what Wake Forest has done, you can build a backcourt through the portal and yeah. just slot in some freshmen with that it, it's doable it's you wouldn't have done it four years ago but you can do it now because there are older and better players in the portal so uh you know it it it, it it's the way the game is now you sometimes you have to rebuild on the fly i mean duke's been doing it for 15 <laughs> years or whatever it is with yeah, freshmen true. uh everybody else is doing it now with freshmen and transfer so you know I, I i think the difference for nc state is yes they're not returning a lottery pick which is a big deal but they are in a position where if you're a point guard and you look at Jarkel Joyner, who went from Cal State Bakersfield to Old Miss to, to, to NC State and ends up having a monster season uh, that unrelated really to Terquavian Smith. Sometimes it seemed like the offense ran depending on, you know, which side of the court, which the ball was on among those two guys. You can say, hey, like I can do that. Like I can, you know, you have that example now. And, and you know, so so that I think that's the significance of this season for NC State from a spiraling into the future perspective. You can go out and recruit and say, hey, you know, look what we did for DJ Burns. Look what we did for Jarkel Joyner. You know, we have a program that's set up and a coaching staff that's in place that's going to get the most out of you. And you've got a chance to compete in the ACC, which for a lot of players is, is going to be attractive. Luke DeCock, News and Observer. Give him a follow on Twitter at Luke DeCock. Thanks for your time. Enjoy your weekend. See you guys. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.